Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Thursday American Scouser podcast. And we are so happy to be back after a two-week hiatus on our international break. We got recharged, and the batteries are back. And I'm joined here tonight with Jamie. How are we doing, Jamie? 100%, folks. And Scotty Fish. Scotty, how are we doing tonight? Hey, we're doing well. I'm happy to be back with you guys. Glad to have you. So what a great week, a week in which we saw our Red Ladies earn promotion, a week where we get a step closer to the Champion League semifinal. And we, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but there's some kind of match on Sunday that's of some importance. I think maybe and somebody I just mentioned can't, it. can't, can't, <laughs> can't wait to get to it. But before we start any of that, we start every Thursday the way we do, which is with Jamie's 60 Seconds of LFC News. That's right, folks. We've got plenty to talk about today, so let's dive straight in, get their stopwatches out, and go. So, today, great news uh, for Vino. Only um, no concussion symptoms, just a, a minor cut to the back of his head, so he's been treated for that and uh, and showing no signs of, of, of big worry and concern, so that's great news. Uh, also, for those of you who are paying close attention to Salah on Instagram and every other form of social media, there's, there's a cheeky little post there seems to be pointing to signing along the dotted line. So stay tuned. I'm sure we all are. But the big news today, here we go. Hashtag here we go, Carvalho. Um, so his championship season in numbers, briefly, we'll do a quick rundown. His 29 appearances, 56 shots, 54 chances created, 50 fouls won, 34 successful take-ons, 31 tackles, blah, blah, blah. The list could go on. Uh, 11 big chances created, seven goals and seven assists. Uh, so those are the big numbers. But also, he's only 19 years of age, folks. Welcome to Liverpool Football Club, young man. Uh, also, like Ali said at the at the top of the hour there, if you've been living under a rock, the LSC women have been crowned champions and they have secured their WSL promotion for next year. Um, also, big news today, that Liverpool have a, a, a new official partnership with Cardless. Um, so go on to the official website there. Uh, lots of uh, of juicy incentives um, to keep your eye out. So it's a it's the credit card and official branded credit card uh, to come out today. But also, as you know me, there's been a couple of new songs dotted around recently. There's two new songs. There's the ABBA track for uh, Tsumikas, and there's a great new Jurgen Klopp one. So uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll be singing those for the rest of the week. To be a fly on the wall in your home, Jamie, means, well, to have a headache as you sing songs all week long. And I love it. Keep it up. Keep the singing. So we're going to go right in, uh, try to jump right in here to uh, the match that we started with this week, the first leg in Portugal. Uh, very nice to see the Reds make their way over there. Unfortunate to hear about the tough trouble in which that our Red supporters dealt with while they were there. Um, but we're going to press on and talk a little bit about the lineup and really get into it. So I'm going to start with you, Jamie. We spent a lot of time Monday night, like usual, to mute myself and Bickler, being wrong, um, talking about rotation. So I guess what rotation when you take a look at this side? So when you first saw this side, Jamie, did you think we would see a little bit more rotation with the city match coming up? Were there any surprises? Why don't you take us through the defense and the midfield and your overall thoughts? I mean, the the beauty of, of Champions League football these days is there's five subs allowed, right? So 
yes, rotation, but you know, you don't want to give too much away. Um, and you know, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp, the the mo is we're taking it one game at a time. We're not thinking about City, but you know, he he, I said he wasn't taking uh, one eye wasn't on on City with the lineup. So you know, you, you take a run through that lineup there. You've got Kanate at the back and and Trent back in. Um, I think I think it's now or never for Trent. You know, he probably had to start that game uh, to get ready, get up the pace for City. Um, the midfield, Naby, definitely um, a late a late comer to the lineup, I guess. But um, the front three, it's uh, it had to be um, had to be Bobby rested, I guess. But um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it is a, a slight nod to our uh, our big game on Sunday, but. We'll we'll find out on Sunday, won't we? But like I said at the top there, it's um five subs, beautiful thing. So hopefully the Premier League next year we can wait for that. And Scott, what about you when it came to that front three? What were your thoughts on the starters that they put through and uh, you know how they performed early on in the match leading up? Yeah, I, I think that initially speaking, like you guys were mentioning on Monday, you know, r- rotation wasn't what I up- you know, thought was going to be key. Uh, I wrote about it. You guys may read in a little bit. Uh, just my thoughts on, you know, Mohamed Salah and, and, you know, does he need any sort of rest or is he the type of player, which we know he is, the, who wants to be out there 90 minutes every single game? Uh, I, I expected Mane and Diaz for sure. Um, I just didn't know who the third one was going to be. And, and in the end, it was Salah. I thought that. You know, Liverpool fans maybe thought that this game was going to be a, a cakewalk, and in the end, a three-one scoreline definitely is is something I take every day. But the reality is, is that I thought that Benfica had a decent back line. Um, I thought that they really held Salah and and held Mane um, pretty pretty well. I thought that Mane's first touch in the first half was a little bit wayward. Um, Diaz, I thought was electric. It was almost like he was happy to be back in Portugal playing against a team that he's known to play against well, and he had a point to prove, but, um, yeah, for the first little bit in the first half, I, I thought it was honors even. And obviously once we get that goal from Kanate, things really started looking our way, at least for the, till the end of the first half. Yeah. And that's 34 year olds at center back. Yeah. Two, two 34 year olds who. Maybe uh, definitely left the Premier League. Maybe at the, you know, wane of their career with, with several mistakes from each of them. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would argue that their backline was what allowed us to get at them, and that they actually played better than I thought they would. They actually played more expansive than I believed they would. They came out more against mm-hmm. us than they did against Ajax, which makes sense because I think against Ajax they thought they could sit back and and mop up the pressure, and I think against us they knew at least at home, they had to come out in the first leg and try to score a goal or two. Cause I think they knew we were going to score at least two and um, right. we'll get to the third and we'll, we'll talk about the second half subs, but you make a great point. So Jamie, let's take it to that first goal, 17th minute. Uh, we, we earned the corner, which was, you know, a great tracking and good hustle caused by, you know, a mistake by their back line led to the corner. And then, the man mountain himself, Kanate steps up and just 
pile drives that header in. So outside of Fabinho almost blowing out his knee to slide across uh, the grass <laughs> and catch up, and Mrs. Fabinho definitely won the first half of all tweets when within seconds she calls her husband out like, I don't know what he's doing here. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you two have to have the best relationship of any two people at this club. Outside of Bobby and his wife, because they're clearly the happiest because there's a picture of them at every minute of every day together. Um, but Kanate's goal, he scores that. What's the elation happening in North Carolina? And how excited were you for the young man to kind of finally break his dunk? Great, great header. Like, uh, as a center forward, that's exactly what you want. Tar and header, par and above everybody else, but downwards into that bottom corner. Mm-hmm. Like, the keeper's never saving that. Um, strong connection on the header, too. I mean, he just, yeah, just, just broke broke free. Um, but, yeah, uh, when you're that size and you're you're that stature, it, 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 he made it look easy. Um you know, Rebecca Tavares definitely straight on uh, on Fabinho's arse because rightly so. He, he, I listen. I'm in the I'm in the flat goal range as well. I'm in the skinny boy range as well. Six foot tall, hundred hundred pounds soaking wet. Um, we don't need him injuring himself right now trying to to knee slide like Kanate. I feel like it's um, it's not the size of the boat; it's the motion in the ocean type thing. Like that's an immovable object. No no sense of of a dry pitch will stop that man knee sliding. He's fine. He's like the Titanic. He probably takes three three miles to take a left turn whilst he's sliding. Um, but yeah, come on, Fabinho, wise up. <laughs> so um, obviously this great graphic that was supplied to us uh, for tonight's podcast, you know, is illustrating that by Canate scoring in Portugal, he became the 20th different senior player to score for this club, this campaign. It's just an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And if we really think back to two, three years ago, when literally all the goals came from the front three and maybe a goal or two here or there in the midfield, Ox chipped in with a handful, and then we'd get the occasional header out. You know, we got little from Trent. We got little from Robo. So really for them to have 20 different goal scorers, Scotty, talk to us a little bit about what that means to you, kind of the progression of the squad and the overall depth that we're building. It's it's a testament to the squad and a testament to the depth that the, you know, uh, back room has created. But I would also say it's a, it's a testament to Jurgen Klopp and his ability to be able to make a game plan that complements all the different players on our squad. We're not just looking to make a wonder, you know, one dimensional team that gets the ball to the front three, like we used to and let them do their magic. Don't get me wrong. All of our front three are capable of doing that. But I do think that we've now kind of have gradually seen this progression in our style of play that has goals chipping from the midfield, has goals chipping in from outside, has goals chipping in from set pieces, which Hell, when you think maybe pre-Jurgen Klopp times, remember that was an anomaly seeing set-piece goals. And now, you know, just the delivery that we have coming from Trent and coming from Robo, we're we're clearly dangerous. And I do fully believe that, you know, seeing 20 different goal scorers really shows, you know, that that our depth has gone leaps and bounds. And, And frankly, it's a joy to watch as a fan.
Boaz chimes in, and we, we ask all of our listeners out there to please add your comments. We'll bring you into the show. But for those listening, uh, Boaz Levin says, best Liverpool in our lifetime. And, and I have to be Shout honest, it, it's hard to argue it. I mean, I'm 44 years old, so I did see some, some great squads in the 80s. And there was some, you know, high times in the early, late 80s, early 90s. But what they're doing right now to compete on, on four different fronts, to compete with arguably one of the uh, most expensive and most successfully put together sides in Manchester City. I mean, the medals that, that, that those players won before they even got to Manchester compared to the players in which that we've signed at smaller clubs sure. and have built up through the process, I think speaks a lot to what Jurgen is building here. So, Jamie. I'll, I'll go one more. Gally, I'll go one more. Thank you, brother. I, I, I think, you know, we're not very far off having a, a debate or a discussion or an argument. Pick your, pick your poison. That this is the best Liverpool in Liverpool's lifetime. You know, and I, I'm... I'm fully aware of the royalties and, and you know, we didn't become kings of Europe and European royalty out of nothing. Um, but, you know, without City, I think, I think we're, we're chainmailing titles and, 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 <laughs> and all sorts of things. You know, I think, I think it is, it, it's obviously a big debate and, and all the rest, but I, I do think very soon, if not, Currently, right now, we could definitely have a discussion about this being the best days of, of a Liverpool lifetime. Well, I, I will definitely say we have, you know, the better part of eight weeks here where, you know, to Boaz is emojis that no one can see with the fingers crossed all the way across the screen. Um, you know, if the next five to six weeks go the way that every Liverpool supporter is hoping for, I don't know that there'll be much argument. I think we'll put to bed the question of whether or not it's the best Liverpool of our lifetime. And I think if you win a domestic treble at this point, um, in today's spending, in today's Premier League, with the money that's flowing around, the fact that, you know, bottom half sides can sign 50, 60 million pound players. I just think that the competitive nature to win those titles in today's landscape and to do it over the consistency that this team has done while also still buying young players and strengthening the club from within and re-signing players and building on your stadium, I, I think it would be very, very hard to argue that there's been a more successful period than what we're watching in the last two to three uh, season campaign. But let's move on to the second half. So we get the second goal from Mane, which was another uh, beautiful uh, goal. Amazing cross wonderfully, from Trent. Wonderfully set up. Um, you know, just a great, great cross by Trent. We're getting used to seeing that, as we always say. But we get to that second half, you know, and we get to that 70-minute or 60-minute mark, 55-minute mark, right before they score uh, the goal. And clearly it takes a massive mistake for them to get on the score sheet. But they were playing their game. They were sitting back. They were hitting us on the counter. They had a few mm -hmm. opportunities even in the first half. So when Kanate makes the mistake, Scott, how are you feeling as a Liverpool supporter, you know, at 2-1? Because it is a completely different two-legged tie at 2-1 mm -hmm. and them on the front foot. I I will say, and and something that I grew up when playing, my, my coach always mentioned that 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline to have. 
because it's a false sense of security because just one goal brings the opposing team straight back into the match, gives them momentum. Um, prior to that goal, I thought that Konante, like you said, was a man mountain back there. I thought he did fantastic in the first half with his recovery runs. Man's fast as hell, strong as hell, as you can see, you know, bullying Darwin, who's a fantastic player. Um, and I thought that he did amazing, but obviously everybody's prone to a mistake. I'm not going to, you know, negate his qualities just because he made a mistake, but obviously it's a, it's a big time and it's in the middle of a, a champions league knockout leg. And it was tough. I, I was a little bit nervous initially, as soon as the goal was scored, I, I have to admittedly say that at two one, I was nervous, but obviously you look at the quality on the field. You look at the players that we have at our disposal and the players coming into the match following with Klopp's changes. And it, it was definitely something that I felt that we could handle properly because we've been there in the past. And Jamie, before we get to the actual specifics of the changes, you know, you made the comment about when we were talking about the lineups, about the five substitutions. Were you surprised with such a big match coming up and the fact that we did look a little, you know, stagnant at times early in that second half after conceding the goal. Were you surprised that he waited until, you know, the 60th minute mark there to even bring in, you know, his his three pack of substitutions? Right. I mean, unless something's horribly wrong, that's his that's his go to. The 60 minute mark is 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 that unless you're Navi Kaida and you know he subbed him off at halftime not too long ago. Um, all joking aside, we're, we're going to talk about Nabi getting on. Um, but yeah, quick word on, on Ibu. Um, just obviously couldn't get his feet sorted out for such a big guy. But I think I think that's a lot to do with his um, his immaturity. You know, if, if if you're a bit more of a seasoned vet, you you use your left foot and, and just swing it out in, into into a throw in or even out for a corner at that point. Like if you, it just needs to go into root Z, you know, just. Mm -hmm stick it into the fans um but um yeah like you said i mean he, he played really well in the in the team and a, a big shout out to to Ebu as well because at such a young age to almost just waltz into the well not first team but into the first team discussion um he's done amazingly well and i i, I do think you know he he is going to be fantastic and a great great um great career ahead of him but yeah i mean I wasn't too surprised with the late subs from Klopp. Um, yeah, I think I, I hate that quote as well, Scott, that 2 nil is the most dangerous fucking... I, I hate that <laughs> because as much truth is in it, it shouldn't be, right? That It's it's a, it's a an oxymoron. It, it shouldn't be. You know, 2 nil is the hardest, like, no, well, surely not. No, nil-nil is, right? Or, or you're, you're losing well, to... Yeah, I mean, up. right? You'd rather, no, I, you'd rather have a lead. You know, you'd rather have yeah, a lead than I not mean, have a lead. <laughs> I hate it. I, I was going to say the same thing. I'd take 2 0 over 1 0 any day of the week. Sure. It's been, but it's one of those quotes that's been bound around and it's stuck around like a bad smell. Now, now the one um, thing I'll say with that is that I think that the quote derives from teams that maybe take a step back and take, a, you know, their pedal off, or their, you know, sure. foot off the pedal who, who maybe aren't as mentally resilient as Liverpool. So, and, and another you know. thing needs to be said is their fans got right behind them um, at that yeah. at that moment, um, and you know all all the the joking aside about how 
terribly the Liverpool supporters were were handled over there in in Portugal and Lisbon. You know the the fans were great. There was no sort of violence anyway, at least knock on wood. But um, yeah, just you know, seems pointless. You know, stopping women and children and that going into the game. Like I I seen one of the quotes on one of the, the Facebook groups or something. Oh, the 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 Liverpool ultras. I'm like, what? The Liverpool ultras? <laughs> we don't have we don't have an ultras. We're all. Everyone is all a Liverpool ultra. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There is no bullshit like that. So I don't know. It's just, it's mad. But uh, yeah. So the, the subs come on at 61 minutes. You know, Jota comes on for Mo. Bobby comes on for Sadio. And for me, probably the most important substitution was probably Jordan coming on for Thiago. Not that even Jordan had his best. 30 or 40 minute performance. We've seen the captain come on before when the team needed to get grabbed by the scruff of the neck and carry us over the line. I can think of the exuberant goal celebration after he clinched the Southampton win and the big fist pump and shaking it to an empty crowd. And it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, it was like there was a hundred thousand people there cheering him on. Uh, I'll never forget it. But I thought the most important piece of Jordan's, uh, introduction was allowing Nabby to move over to his most natural and comfortable position. And, you know, I do want to spend a little time talking about Nabby's day. Um, like usual, Nabby Keita, the lightning rod that is Liverpool Football Club, uh, he can either get the nine man of the match uh, from Liverpool Echo, or he can be the guy vilified in the first half for everything that goes wrong because he misses two headers. Uh, from inside the box when he made almost every attacking play we had going on. So I thought some of these stats um, were really, really great on this graphic. And also, oh, it's not coming up for me. Sorry, here. Try and bring that back up in a second here. Um, But the, the, what Nabby was bringing there, I mean, the, the numbers were just outstanding. Um, you know, we were looking here at a 92 pass accuracy, 78 passes, 10 duels won, eight ball recoveries, seven touches in the box. I feel like I'm doing that Christmas song where we just count down great things <laughs> until we get to a partridge in a pair of three. Right. Five tackles made. But, you know, in all seriousness, it was just, well it was just an, a great day. Two chances created, you know, an interception through balls. And more importantly, that assist. That I think the assist, assist is very generous, isn't it? It was generous, but I, I do genuinely believe he did drive into the lane, and I do think he was playing him in. Um, he, I think the ricochet and, made it. And the vision, the vision to see the run, the vision to take the space, like you said. I mean, right. it, it's something that we, we can't take for credit, or tank, can't take for granted, that is. I mean, to Jamie's point, I do think he was playing him down the right-hand channel, which would have led probably him away from goal and probably wouldn't have led to such a beautiful, you know, where he was able to just take it by the keeper. But I think the idea of the fact that he broke up the play, took the two strong dribbles, and as we always talk about Nabby Jamie, and I know uh, you're a big fan of his talent like I am, just haven't been able to harness it and see it in a Liverpool uh, kit yet, is – I feel like it's these moments on the European stage where his skills come out the best. 
because he has a little bit more space, a little more time on the ball, and he's just a little bit more apt to take on players. He still looks to me like he's nervous at times and maybe second guesses his decisions. But I felt like once he got to move into that into that Tiago role and he knew Henderson was doing the job on the right, that sure. we saw the best of Navi Keita. So with that, I guess my question for you, Jamie, and we'll start with you, is, is what do you do when you have a, you know, a mercurial talent like Navi Keita, but you have someone as great as Tiago? You try to play them together and it just almost doesn't work. Do you, you know, do you just have to do that thing where one plays 60, the other plays 30, and you share those time and the minutes on the pitch based on who you're playing? I'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Um, Alan, you're totally fine. Sorry you missed the start of the show. Don't worry. We'll, we'll find you for next We'll find you for next week's uh, episode, <laughs> mate. Um, it's the free pass. So, yeah, yeah. You, you're fine for showing up late to training, mate. You're, you're done. Um, one week's wages. Um, no, um, Nabi, listen, and he he's fully aware of it too. Like he said, you know, we haven't seen the true Nabi Kaida. Like, um, he 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 said that there the other day in, in the interview, and then of course gets in, injured for international break. I'm fine with the 60 30 thing, I really am. But ideally, you want Nabi having the 60 and you want Tiago having the 30 because Tiago can come in in 30 minutes and just absolutely boss a game at the death, dictate, metronome, maestro. You know, he, he's brilliant at doing that. Whereas Nabi's fitness hasn't really allowed him to get 60 minutes a game. So it's a difficult one. You know, it, I guess we're always guilty of um, wanting something you can't have. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> Nabi's. Nabi's promised us the world, and I think he will get there. Um, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on this all the time. I said this year was a very big season for Nabi Kaida, like it's make or break time. Um, I feel like we get a lot of those moments with Nabi. Um, I feel like, you know, we build up our, our anticipation because we know the players there. We know what type of um, – what type of a, a, a – you said mercurial. I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. He, he is an enigma. You know, you, you don't know which Nabi Kaida is going to show up. And like I said, he he knows that himself because he said as much. He said, you know, the real Nabi Kaida hasn't, hasn't been here recently. And he, he said he's feeling like he's getting to that 100% and the, and the coach is working with him and all the rest. So maybe there will be some more sparks of genius. You're absolutely right, by the way, Gally. I think he does perform better uh under the european lights um and the same could be said for a lot of players but um i think he is very much a european player he's definitely not a, an english premier league player not to say that he he, he can't become stronger and, and better on the ball and, and be that sort of tiago type but um yeah you've got you've got somebody like you know the architect tiago to learn from you're going to pick up a few things no matter what age of a player you are you know you can't teach new dogs or, or old dogs new tricks I, I think you can especially you know if you can't learn something from somebody like tiago you're you, you probably shouldn't be on the pitch well you've done you're yeah you're you're done learning if you're not picking anything up and and all you have to know all you had to know if you wanted to learn something was to watch that match on cbs's paramount coverage because 
I made a joke in our Discord channel. If Tiago ever goes missing, the first place they should look for him is at that announcer's home because she loved her son, <laughs> Tiago. I mean, have you ever had anyone? She must have told me 150 times if I had a young kid that wanted to be a midfielder. I thought to myself, how many kids do you have? And how many times have you told them they should look after Tiago? And it, it was funny um, because but, every time she mentioned him, that was the one time that he would displace a pass. So the one time that he would lose possession. Every other 100 chances he had, it was perfect. <laughs> when to, to Jamie's point, though, and I, and I agree with it, you know, I thought this was a big make or break year for Nabby. And I said, I think Jamie, me and you in the summertime, we're on a pod together. And we both kind of said, I think he has to have a big year. This is probably it for him. And at the same time, in my next breath, I said, you know, don't be surprised, though. I, I truly feel, and it's to Jamie's point, he's more of a European player. I believe if they decide, yeah, we're going to sell Nabi Keita and he gets sold to Inter Milan, I think he walks into the Serie A team of the year. I mean, if he goes to Spain, he goes right back to bossing midfields and creating and playing deep and playing two, three different roles. I mean, people forget he was like the N'Golo Conte of the, of the Bundesliga playing at little RB Leipzig, and he won the Bundesliga Player of the Year. There's a reason they spent the money. It hasn't worked out yet, but I do think we're seeing some signs. Uh, so before we move off of the Benfica match and we move on, uh, to the kind of the rest of the program here and kind of shift gears. Let me get your thoughts uh, because, it, you know, the next tie will be played before you guys come on again next week. Mm -hmm. So second leg at Anfield, what are you expecting from the sides? Do you think it's done? Scott, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, to, to uh, reverberate what Jamie Carragher said all throughout the uh, – Post game, I think the leg, is, uh, the tie is done. I, I think that in terms of Liverpool's quality and specifically mentality, and when I say leg is done, I don't mean we can sit back and relax. I just expect that Liverpool's intensity mixed with playing a game at home with a two goal advantage. I do believe that we have more than enough, even if we play a lot of our squad players, we have enough at our disposal to be able to functionally win that game. I do think that there's going to be rotation just on the sheer fact that we're going to be coming off of a very intense game with Manchester city and have a game against none other than Manchester city the weekend after, like we said, we take one game at a time, but the reality is with a two goal cushion and a game at home against Benfica, I, I do think that there has to be some sort of rotation going in with our back line uh, and our midfield, you know, and, you know, whoever maybe doesn't start from our front line gets the start against Benfica. That being said, I don't really see a drop off in quality because of that. Jamie, how about you quickly? What do you think on this uh, second leg coming back to Anfield? Is it good night, the lights? Absolutely. Um, shut up shop, you know, welcome to Anfield. You've got 90 minutes to play here. And, you know, it, it's, I, I don't think we need to be lackadaisical about it. I think we do need to be defensively resolute. I do think we need to be on our game. So as much as we are going to, to have some rotation there, and again, European games, we've got five subs, I think we can rotate enough to where, if need be, we can change the game either way. We can take a step up or we can take a, a gear down. Um so I think um, 
And and kind of going on what BJ is saying there, the player isn't going to want the 60-30, will they? Well, of course they want to play, but it's Jurgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp's job. He just said, he's like, you know, everybody wants to play. They're all asking me to play, play, play. It's his job to tell them yes, no, or maybe, you know? So, mm-hmm. of course, nobody wants to have a week off, especially as it's it's getting closer and closer. There are no days off anymore. Um, every game's a final, uh, etc. cetera, and, and, and all the players know this and, and, and have said as much. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the tie's done, but that doesn't mean we need to, depending on whatever result we get at City, you know, we 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 get our our three points, we get our one point, or we we don't get anything. God forbid, touch wood. Um, you know, we 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 draw a line in the sand there, and we 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 welcome Benfica because, like everybody's been saying, and 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 yeah, paying them a bit of lip service. You know, you, you don't get into the quarterfinals for nothing. They did beat a good Ajax team, like we've been saying, but. Um, you know we're we're different. This is this is Liverpool and this is Anfield we're talking about. So yes, have that uh, confidence, but um, keep it tight. Keep it tight at the back. Yeah, the way I look at it, uh, they would be very very lucky if we only scored one goal. And it's not like Karim Benzema is coming into town, so I don't think we have to worry about Darwin Nunez dropping a hat trick on us at Anfield. Though I will say. If anyone really wanted to know what this match in England is all about, it is about how much of the good EPL cash Benfica is <laughs> going to get. Because Darwin Nunez is in the shop window for Newcastle, West Ham, Arsenal, and everyone looking for a 19-year-old or 22-year-old striker who's got 30 goals in 20 games. Yeah. And uh, I don't care where you play, if you score goals in the Champions League, you deserve to be in a bigger league. And he looks to me like he can play on the top stage. So I'm excited to see what he'll do, uh, not on Wednesday, but next year playing for one of our rivals each and every time he plays against anyone but us. But we're going to pivot now. Um, Last on Monday night, for those of you that joined us, we uh, chatted a little bit about uh, the women's supporters group, the Liverpool official Liverpool women's supporters group and our affiliation with them and how excited we are to get them as part of the American Scouser family. And today we have our first video submission uh, from Joe who heads up this group. So we're going to let Joe address all of us now. The Reds are going up, don't you know, bump it up, the Reds are going up. Hey American Scouser fans, as you can see, I am still grinning and buzzing ear to ear about Sunday's game. What a win, what a win. I'm so glad to see the girls are getting promoted back into the WSL where we belong. So yeah, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Joe and I run the Liverpool Women's Supporters Club. I'm sure Timuchin will work his magic and put all the links down below for if you want to follow us. Join up as a member. Uh, and yeah, just keep on supporting the girls and let's f- keep our fingers crossed we can get some good wins next season and, you know, hopefully not get relegated again. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing game. I'm sure all the American fans are, are really happy to see Katie Stengel get back on the score sheet again as well. Uh, you know, goals from Jazz Matthews, Neve and Bo. Absolutely incredible. It was an amazing game. We had two coachfuls of, of us from Liverpool who travelled down to Bristol to watch the game. Record attendance of 5,752 uh, for a, a championship game, which was amazing. To be part of that crowd was just 
oh, it was just so good. We were there with our flags, with our red wigs, if you didn't see us already. And yeah, it was just such a brilliant day. Lots of amazing memories for everyone to take home. So, so happy. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to doing some updates for you guys in, in the next few months. Um, we'll see about doing maybe some collaboration over the summer. Uh, and then going into next season, hopefully we'll get some updates for you guys from our end as well, which will be really nice. And yeah, just fingers crossed we can just grow the fan base. We can get more supporters and followers for the Red Women. And let's just let's just keep it growing. And thank you all for your support. We've had uh, we've had a few people over from America. So last week on Sunday's game, I was lucky enough to meet Adam from LFC Boston, um, and we've also had some fans over from Florida, California, and other places as well in America. So it's really amazing to see a lot of American fans are able to actually travel over here and get to some of the games, especially if they tie it in with a, a men's game as well. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed a lot more of you can make it over in the future and I would love to meet all you guys and if I ever make it over to America I'm sure you guys will be you know, very hospitable and, and more than welcome to, to come and meet up with us as well so fingers crossed we can grow the fan base, we can just make the next few years, the next lot of years incredible and amazing for the Reds so thank you very much and Tamuchi and back over to you So clearly like everything else, Tamuchin is just going to take credit for all of this. And Joe didn't realize that the younger and better looking version of the host was filling in tonight. But in all seriousness, thank you to Joe uh, for taking the time to do the video. Um, it was so refreshing to hear that there's American fans getting over there. This is actually my official uh, LFC Boston uh, sweatshirt because I'm a card carrying member of the Liverpool supporters group and Adam is the head of their uh, social media and he's a great fan of our website and a supporter of ours so I'm so happy to see that he got to the match last week and that he was able to get over there as well and as a reminder to everyone um, we did put the Liverpool Women's Supporters Club um, web URL in the description after the podcast we will also make sure and put some comments in each of these posts please check them out if you click on their supporters hub on their website you will see that we are proudly uh, represented there so please follow these folks they're doing amazing work covering uh, our women's team and for anyone out there listening to us that hasn't caught a women's match yet or taken the time to learn a little bit about the women's side, I challenge you to do that. Um, you know, we follow the youth teams, we follow the men's adult sides, you know, we, we get up early on the weekends to watch, you know, old timers games or the, the, you know, the veterans days at Anfield, support the ladies, support the women's side. Um, it's all Liverpool. It's all one club. And I'm proud of the fact that American Scouser as a website and as a whole has done a much better job following it. And we're very lucky to have Joe associated with us and lucky to have Kim and Megan and the rest of the folks on our webpage that are bringing so much great content. So up the red women back to the WSL. Back to the WSL. Yes. Gally, I just wanted to piggyback off that. I, you know, I, I definitely looked in the mirror and, and like you said, you know, to challenge yourself to try to take take some more emphasis and and watching the women's game and and I think that you know the in terms of you know the WSL as a whole, but more specifically the Liverpool women are are on the ups and ups and 
you know, Missy Bo Kearns is breaking into that England national team. And, and if you want to specify, you know, specifically an American with, with Katie Stengel on that team, it, it's something to really get behind. And it's, it's amazing what they're doing. And I, I think that as Liverpool fans, we have a responsibility to focus on the entirety of Liverpool, not, not just the men's senior team. I completely I mean, agree with you. And uh, how could you not? How could you not get together? How could you not get on the bandwagon, champions? You know they, they went down last year, and 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 a lot of a lot of criticism was kind of leveled at um, us as fans for not kind of getting involved with the whole women's setup and 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 all the rest of it, and enjoying. Um, whilst we had a good team, we did get relegated, but you know now we're back up and and and. The girls are doing themselves proud because they, they really do look the, the the proper article you know you all you need to do is show me the crest you know and and i'm sold you know you, when you, as soon as you see the crest you're you're good to go and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this we all know i'm far from a uh fsg basher or fsg out guy but i also feel like you have to be critical when there's reason to be critical good on them for figuring it out they're only a decade late so don't go and hide behind the fact you came up. Keep investing in the side. Get them better practice facilities. Get them better wages. Give them better means to travel to away matches. Get them better support. If we're going to call on us supporters to recognize it in the mirror, we need to call on management to do it as well. But sure. we only have 20 minutes left in this podcast, and there is this little old thing we have called a match on Sunday. And it is beautifully illustrated right here. April 10th, 1130 AM on the USA Network. Exactly. That means you can't complain people about Peacock or anything else. Find it wherever you stream or steal television like most I know. <laughs> it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a doozy. Jamie, we're going to start with you. Let's start with the lineup. Where do you feel? Do you think this is the max best 11? And why don't we just kind of all agree, Jamie, rip off who you think will be the back four? I mean, back the back five, right? We know the back five. Speaks for itself. It's, yeah. Um, the midfield three, we've got to go best three. That's sorry, Nabi. It's Fab, yep. Hendo, Thiago. Up front, you know, I, I kind of think and i've been kind of thinking this all week i th i think city are probably prepared for bobby Mane, mo um there there's a potential argument there that you could throw in diaz you could throw in jada um just to give them something that they're maybe not prepared for but in in typical uh uh fashion for myself i'm 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 quietly confident i'm 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 not i'm not as nervous as i possibly would or have been if liverpool are in the ascendancy if we're first city are coming to anfield i'd probably be a bit more worried and and that that probably makes perfect irish sense which means none at all um I don't know. I'm just I'm just quietly relaxed about about this this whole thing. 
got any difference for you in the starting 11? Obviously, I think we all agree, and that was where I was going with the joke, was like, give me your back four, and I figured <laughs> he was just going to say the midfield will be, which you plugged it perfectly, Jamie. Thank you. And But, Scott, the front three is really the only way for me there's any questions. Jamie gave you who he thought, you know, that it would probably be uh, Sadio Mo and Bobby, the tried and true. Uh, what are your feelings on who you think you'll see in the front three to start? Uh, let's start off with you saying if I was any different than, than Jamie, um, uh, yeah, I'm freaking the heck out over here. Okay. I I'm both ecstatic and nervous and happy and agitated and all of the above, just the buildup to this game, how the commentators, how the press, how the fans of both clubs, the fans of every club are putting this game. They're saying, quote unquote, the most important premier league game in the modern premier league era which I don't know if I fully agree with that, but the reality is, is is that this is a damn important game to this club. And I think with the importance, um, obviously you're going to have Salah and Mane in there. The main tick that fans may be deciding on is whether they truly believe that we should do our tried and trusted on, on Bobby or bring in this, you know, who who could arguably be one of the players of the season in Jota have you know Salah not scored the amount of goals that he has. Uh, I personally think that we'll see Jota. I, I personally think that uh, Diogo is going to start up front, and the reason behind that is because without Diaz, I think that just the mobility in their uh, center backs. I I honestly think that Jota is going to run them rampant. Um, but hey, I can be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny. I, I've I've been the one on the Monday podcast, you know, that's argued that I I really believe the days of Bobby seeing you know big starts were past him. Um, but I I'm with Jamie. I, I I think we see Bobby in the center of the pitch primarily because of what City does and what Bobby does in pulling players out of position, especially with Diaz not being there right now and being injured. That leaves a big hole in that central defense and their leadership. And I think that Bobby's movement and his interchange with both Mo and Sadio offers something really different and more dynamic. And I think against a free-flowing side like City, and we've seen it against Arsenal with how he's tormented Arsenal over the years based on why, because it's very (laughs) similar to Pep's principles, right, being – implemented by Arteta and I, mm-hmm. I, I think we do see Bobby if there was a question for me it might have been whether Sadio might have started from the bench but I think the idea of getting both Sadio and Mo off the pitch at the 60 minute mark let me know that there was a plan in place yeah. and I really think that what Diaz offers and to a lesser extent what Jota brings is is I think they offer more in a substitution role to attack a defense with fresh legs and the speed and quickness and Jota's uncanny ability to pop up and score a big goal in a big moment. And I just say that, but, but Jota scored the opening goal for Liverpool. I think it's like seven or I think it's 10 times this season. Wow. He scored the opener. So I I do get what you're saying, but to, to, to counterpoint that, but also, beef up what you're saying is like when he starts he hits the ground running when he comes on he hits the ground running i completely get what you're saying 
but equally there, there's just as, as good a, a, an option to start him as well but i mean and i think that's the beauty of it right we, we can keep city guessing because you could start any combination of those front five and i'd, I'd be totally happy yeah oh, and i think that's 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 that is definitely a great point you could start any of these players i think the difference here is and i do agree with you he scored a lot of big goals and he also scored a lot of goals to start and got the first goal because Bobby missed 60% of the matches until December. So there was he there was almost a starting out of necessity. The options were Origi and Taki, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and Ox. I mean, these were our options up front. And as you get more healthy and you get more people in, my thing with Jota is, is I think he brings more from the bench because I think it takes Bobby 10 or 15 minutes to get going and to find his way into a game. So when you bring him on in the 70th minute, and as much as I am quietly optimistic like Jamie about this matchup, I think this is a match you have to at least anticipate there is a chance that you don't score the first goal. And if you don't score the first goal, I think you have to have goals and players who can create goals to come off the bench and make a change. And I think if there's one thing we have over City right now, and people would probably say that's crazy, is I think we are actually the deeper of the two sides, both by overall talent and the health of the squad. So I almost feel like giving them a little bit of what they might expect and what they've seen in the past actually positions us better to almost unleash Jota and Diaz running at them. And honestly, I think it's for whichever of the front three is for whichever the front two is playing best, whether it's Mo or Mane. I would not be shocked at all to see Mo get the yank at some point in the second half if yeah. Jurgen feels like he's not having his best day. So, Jamie, I'll ask you this. You told us you're confident before we get to your prediction. Where will this game be won or lost by Liverpool Football Club? Um, on the sidelines, Lance, um, I think we've got the 11 to do the job. I think it's all on Klopp's shoulders for the big one and, and whether or not Pep's gonna try and out, out, out think, uh, over and reinvent the wheel or whatever. Like, I think, I think this is won and lost almost already. I think, I think it's. I think we've done the groundwork already. I, I, I think the game's won. I think I, I'm, I'm genuinely that bullish about it. I think we're just going to walk in there and, and take the three points. Um, I think the sort of mind games and things like that, the, the press conferences that I've seen, we're, we're already under city skin. We're in their heads, and I'm not saying we're living rent free because I couldn't give. I, I, I don't, I don't care. Don't care what they're thinking. Don't care what they're saying. <laughs> Yet they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yet all they can do is talk about us. Whereas from us, it's it's just one game at a time. My players don't think like that. All all this all all these cliche from Klopp. It, it's it's brilliant. I love it. Um, I think I don't. Listen, I'm not going to say they're unraveling, but I think I think we've we've got the beating of them from the get go from the sideline. Yeah, Scott, what about you? Uh, for, in your opinion, 
Um, I know you're not as bullish and you're a little bit more nervous. Uh, some might say you might be more down to earth or on this planet, uh, but we love Jamie and we absolutely adore your passion. And I wish I was that confident. Uh, I'm pretty confident, but not nearly that confident to call it one already. But for you, Scott, where where is this uh, match won or lost by our Reds? Listen, J- Jamie made a really good point there in terms of their mentality. They're talking about us, things like that. And, and it's something that I can't recall happening in the 18-19 season where we went neck and neck with them. Um, I just I just don't recall them worrying about us so much. They were more so doing their own thing. And now I just read today how how Pep basically said there were – the 14 point gap was fake. He said it wasn't a real 14 point gap because we had two games in hand. The reality is, is that Liverpool have gone on a sensational run to make this game a really deciding game, or or at least a very important game when we could have come in here six points back instead of only one point back. Um, I think that the game, the game is won with just, or one and lost that is, in just keeping the mentality all the way to the 90 minutes. I don't see this being a high-scoring game. I don't see this being, you know, a 4-3 like we've seen in the past. Um, I, I see this as a very, very tight game, and I see it as a physically grueling game. And the one place that I can possibly say is that the, the reality is Liverpool and Manchester City do not play the same style. And, and I don't care what anyone says, we, we do not play the same style. And if Liverpool are capable of getting – towards the wings of city without their wingers coming back in support, we will have the upper hand because our numbers will be higher than them. If they're outside forwards, you know, whether that be uh, De Bruyne going on the right side or Sterling or Graylish, whoever is going to be playing out wide on Sunday, if they have a lapse and keep high while Liverpool counters, I think that that's going to be our best bet on scoring. But again, it's gonna it's gonna be physically tough. It's gonna be mentally draining for them and for fans. And I, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And I think we have enough to win for sure. Yeah, my my I would probably say it's the midfield for me. I think it's Fab. I think it's Fab breaking up play. Fab, you know, doing a job on De Bruyne, not allowing him into those pockets of space that he likes to take on, and then the deep lying runs he makes. You know, I think Fabinho's role of sitting in front of, you know, Matip and Virgil is going to be immense. Um, you know, and I and I think Trent plays a huge, huge role here. Whether it's Grealish on the left, whether it's Foden playing the false nine, you know, anyone who remembers back to that matchup at Anfield, you know, Foden basically, and I know it was old man Jimmy Milner just filling in on a day. He didn't think he had to play right back. But what <laughs> Foden did him that day was, you know, almost put one more nail into the, maybe it's time to take, you know, fill out that application for the coaching badges. Cause I'm not sure I want to, I want to chase 19 year old kids around. They don't let me kick these English kids. Like they let me kick the kids from Portugal. Um, and, you know, I just, to me, it's those two spots. It's, it's Fabinho commanding the midfield and really outplaying Rodri in that role of being that holding midfielder. And then it's Trent, you know, still going forward, creating the space and the width that he does on the right, and more importantly, making sure that he understands his defensive assignments and doesn't check off or turn off. Because I will say this, this is a matchup where 11 guys have to show up 
and stay locked in for 90 minutes. Because this side is as good a quality as we are when it comes to, if you give them an inch, they will take it. And Atletico Madrid put on a defensive masterclass in the oldest of dark, dark Simeone arts of kicking people and just waiting. And somehow Phil Foden found one pass and Kevin De Bruyne had one space and City goes back to Madrid up 1-0. Yeah. And then, but and I think that's all. That, Jamie, it was, it was a point of, of, of why we have to stay sure. in the point of it. Um, and, and I do agree with you, but where I was going was, was that this side is one that will take, to both of your points, 90 minutes of commitment. And I was really about to, when I was finishing, Jamie, was to give you the credit. I think you are spot on, and I didn't want to repeat that, is that if the difference is, is I think Jurgen Klopp can make changes mid-match without losing everything he did for three days up to it. And I think Pep loses his mind mid-match, and at yeah. times you can see it on the style and the and the wherewithal of his players. So I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jamie, but I wanted no, to no, no, absolutely. bring it full circle. All I wanted to say was, um, yeah, I think the athletic Madrid thing, it's kind of like, um, you know, robbing a bank and not getting caught. You have to hope everything goes right and, and, and one thing goes wrong and the cops, you know, that's what the cops are hoping for, for one thing to go wrong and then they find you. I think Atletico Madrid were kind of hoping against hopes that they were going to do everything right, but all it takes is one thing to go wrong and City win that game. Um you know, Scott, shoot me, arrest me if that's a terrible analogy. But all I'm saying is, they they wanted, they wanted um, everything had to go absolutely right, a hundred percent of the time for Atletico Madrid to come out with anything there. Um, for sure. And 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 that one moment of brilliance. And listen, City are no slouches. Even Phil Foden, like it, you know, fair play to them. One one moment of brilliance. But I don't think we're gonna have any hesitation getting up for this fight um and we're not going to fight the same way that atletico did we know all that right um theirs is very much on the ropes doing the rope a dope we're we're going to come out and and uh and be, and be the complete yeah yeah we're going to be we're going to be swinging to, to to take them off there so what uh give me give me that bullish jamie irish jamie final score Let's go. I don't. My what I want is three one. I'll, I'll take two one, and then we'll get a, a cheeky goal at the very end um, to settle the nerves. But ideally, we're probably going to win by a goal. So one nil or two one, I'll take it. Since so I've covered at- all my bases there. One nil, two one, or three one. But uh, no, honestly, I'll go with two one. I'll go with two one. I'm I'm feeling Jamie. It's a rare occasion. Jamie and I are seeing eye to eye right here. This is it's a two one written all over it. It's going to be a boxing match back and forth. It's going to be a, a hell of a game, and I think we have enough to take this. Yeah, I I, I actually think it's going to be a one goal affair. You know, I'll, I'll say it's the you know we've played I think three out of the last five with them to nil nil draws, which is just crazy in itself. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to say, let's go with, uh, I'm going to say a one, nothing good guys win and Mo will get off the score sheet, score from open play. So people can stop saying that he just takes penalties That's what I'm talking and, about. uh, 
and and from that that came from Scott's article, which we'll post shortly after the podcast airs and final finishes up tonight. But before we go, guys, I thought it would be fun. You know, the only thing better than Liverpool wins, well, is Everton pain. <laughs> so I thought maybe we would share this missive for the group, which I thought might be the quote of the year, which is Frank Lampard has lost the same number of games, six as Everton manager, as Liverpool have in the whole of 2018-19, 19-20, and 21-22. He did that in eight games compared to the 106 it took us. Mm. And for anyone that doesn't realize how bad statistically that is, Everton Football Club, since the 1st of October, has secured the least amount of points of any side in any of the top five leagues. (laughs) Think about that. That is absolutely amazing, stunning, and who in the world would have ever thought I would ever have so much fun celebrating a Sean Dyche victory. But the idea that Sean Dyche went to his team at halftime, gave them a rousing speech, and ended it with, don't worry, Everton doesn't know how to win. That was a Burnley manager. And if I could do it in my own Sean Dyche voice, I'd probably pick a fight with my own mom. You need to smoke about four four cigarettes at a time. Let me uh, let me yeah, leave, yeah. let me leave one more stat, okay? Andreas Townsend is Everton's top scorer in the Premier League. They have not he hasn't scored since October. He's their top scorer. An unbelievable, unbelievable thing, guys. So uh, we thought we would have a little fun at their expense at the end of this to lighten it up. Uh, we thank yeah, all Everton the getting mentioned in the Champions League. That'll that'll be the first and only time that ever happens. Well, they weren't mentioned in the Champions League. They were just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. No, they were mentioned in the Um, Champions League. That's right. He was playing against us. Yeah. There you go. Um, Oh, that is a great point. Everton from that was that was very good, Jamie. Well played. Yeah, I I can't dig all the credit for it. I see this someplace else. (laughs) (laughs) Never need to not take credit for a good joke when you have one, Jamie. Have you not watched any of mine, Bickler, and Simuchin's podcast? All we do is take credit for half the things you say in Discord all week. So with that, if you're watching this podcast on Facebook, if you're on our YouTube channel, please subscribe, like, leave a comment, share. If there's content you want to see, if there's things you want to hear more about or you have ideas for new content or articles we can run through our website, share it with us, send us a message on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and have a great night. Up the the